Welcome to the Bourbon Boys. Hello. I'm riding solo this week. And originally this was supposed to be a podcast with a co-founder of William Tarr Distillery, uh, Barry. Uh, let me get his name. Barry. Blah, 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 blah. Barry Brinegar, president and co-founder of William Tarr Distillery. New to, well, it's a new distillery, old label from a distillery now being built in Lexington, Kentucky. A little of the history. This is straight from the website, History of the Distillery. I'm just going to read the top part. They've got a lot of dates and things on here, a lot of information if you want to go through and read it. Really interesting stuff. If you're into that kind of history of uh, bourbon uh, brands. So, <clears throat> tar may not sound like the perfect world word to describe bourbon, but in the 1860s, Kentucky, it was known as golden tar to the locals. Bourbon that William Tarr distilled was a golden caramel and smelled just as sweet, unlike the name. Customers loved it. Okay. Now, bring us up to present day. I'll read that out. It's also on the website. Today, the remains of Tarr's distillery can be found at the northeast entrance of Lexington's distillery district. Manchester Hall Music Hall, also known as Bonded Warehouse Number 1, is the only surviving building. I didn't know that was a... Been there for some uh, bourbon stuff and some beer and some music. Anyway, William Tarr Distillery has been reborn in Lexington's historic distillery district, which is also where uh, where James E. Pepper is. Also, that distillery is there. Check, check, check. I'm in the middle doing doing sound checks while I'm recording. It's always a good idea. Anyway. William Tarr has been reborn in Lexington's historic distillery district by co-founders Jill Bacorn and Barry Brinegar, who are excited to bring back quality bourbon that signifies Kentucky's inheritance. Now, part of the reason why I was introduced to this brand was the fact that uh, a buddy of mine introduced me to Barry and we got to talking and yada, yada, yada. <clears throat> he sent me a bunch of samples of their stuff, a bunch of single barrel 12 year olds that I guess will be a limited release at some point. And then he sent me, oh, there's two 12s. I don't need to do both of those. All right. So he sent me, uh, They've got two labels, one that's currently available and one that was just bottled. Barry was originally supposed to come on here with me. I tried to get him and also another uh, person who is uh, a financial backer, part of the part of the uh, distillery and all that is Mark Stoops from Kentucky football fame. And anybody who knows me knows that I'm a huge Kentucky fan. So it was going to be real sweet to have him on uh, potentially, but with the football season starting and then them bottling, it uh, sort of became apparent that it wasn't going to happen. So I wanted to go ahead and do these samples so I can get it out here before they get their second release. They've already got a seven-year-old Manchester Reserve. It's a seven-year-old blend, 
bottled 115 or 114 proof. Now, originally I thought this was going to be an MGP release because my buddy who introduced me to Barry knows that I'm a huge MB, MGP whore, but I come to find out that it is actually Kentucky straight whiskey. So your guess is as good as mine as to where it came from Barstown, Kentucky at some, of some sort. So probably Barton, if I had to guess, uh, the seven year is, uh, $80. The seven year, uh, reserve blend is $80 available now. And then they have a 12 year. They're about to come out with 12 year, small batch, Kentucky straight bourbon, 74 corn, 18 rye, eight malted barley as the mash bill. Interesting. From the back of the bottle, William Tarr sold watermelons from a horse-drawn cart as a kid. Before leaving high school, he had a vision to turn the family farming operation into a sustainable co-ecosystem. Touted in his prime as the money man of the bluegrass, Tarr rose to fabled railroad man and bourbon paramour. Acquiring the Ashland Distillery, Lexington's first federally registered distillery, RD1. Taking it to bold new heights, Old William Tar Inheritance is a R Ode to Tar Legacy. We hope to find it. We hope you find it and experience the savor. All right, so that's a 12-year-old, <clears throat> 12-year-old 120 proof, which I actually have a sample of here. Uh, we'll probably drink that first because uh, the rest of them are single barrels. Well, this I guess this is a, this is a 114 blend, and this is a 120, so I've got both of them. I got the premium, I got the 7-year blend, and then I got the... 12-year blend with three single barrels. <clears throat> All right, we'll do the blends first. A rare collector-worthy bourbon, and that is $300. Okay. Uh, Barry seems like a really nice guy, and I've had a little sip of a few of these whiskeys, and they are really good. So first we'll do the seven year premium blend, the bottled at 114 proof. So I'll try to go up and blend. It's about that's about an ounce. I poured in my glass. The color on it. It's a nice light amber. Legs. Not the longest legs I've ever seen in the world. It's kind of thin on the glass. Yeah, I'd say thin. All right. Smell. A little bit of oak, char. I'm not getting much else on the nose. <clears throat> a 
It's very nice. It's light, though. There's not a whole lot of finish to it. Sweet. And although a lot of people hate the, the adjective, it's very smooth. If you're looking for a very nice, sweet, smooth whiskey, this is your jam. May not be an aficionado's whiskey because there's not a whole lot to it. There are more legs coming now. I don't know if I just didn't let it sit long enough. It's not overly thick, though. Although it is coating a little bit better than it was at first. But you get a little hint of brown sugary. There's just really not a whole lot to it. There's almost a little overture of orange. Like just a little hint of orange in there. But it's not, for seven years, you wouldn't expect there to be any youth, but there's no youth to it. There's just not. Hmm. I just got hit with a little medicinalness, a little medicinal curve there. Sort of like, it was sort of like a, I don't know why that's a weird tasting note. Nobody would understand if I said it, because it'd be like something my grandmother cooked when I was a kid that I hated. <clears throat> All right. I'm going to down this because there's not a whole lot going on there for me. Obviously everybody's palate's different. It's not bad. Uh, would I pay $80 for it? That would be a, uh, that would probably be a bar or pass for me. If I'm going to do the traditional buy bar pass for $79.99. That was William Tarr, Inheritance, seven-year-old. This is the 12-year-old limited release, 120 proof. So we're upping it five years and six proof points. Color is darker, obviously. A little more brown, a little darker amber. Legs, substantially thicker. I mean, when I say substantially, they look like the stripes on the uh, Indiana Hoosiers uh, basketball pants. Like they're candy striping stripes coming down this glass. That is thick. Nose. I don't know where this comes from. Obviously, it's a Bargetown or a Kentucky bourbon. So... I'm guessing 12 year old, it's probably Barton and it has a Barton nose, but I've been wrong before and I will be wrong again, but we do know it's not MGP. The nose is kind of muted too. It's Oak, maybe a little clove. There's like a little bit of a bitter nose to it. Not off-putting, but just not to where I'd be like, oh, man, that's amazing. Hopefully it's not. Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swig this straight out of the bottle after I nosed it. Palette, definitely 
more to it. Got the Kentucky hug. We get more of a afterburn while I breathe in after I drink it. You even get more flavors to it. That's definitely more an aficionado's whiskey. There's some burnt sugars in there. Mm, maybe some plum. Not a whole lot of your red, your bright fruits. And not a stone fruit, like a, not a tangerine citrusy. It's definitely a dark fruit. Mm, much better. Now, if this is the $300 offering, which I believe it is, it would definitely be a bar for me. Because it's very nice. But I don't know for me personally, it's worth $300. Very nice though. I'm not, I'm not downgrading. It's a nice pour. And if somebody handed this to me, I'd be very happy with it. And if I got it at a bar for $20 for an ounce, I'd be okay with it too. And if you have $300, by all means, go buy one. It's a 120 proof, probably close to barrel proof. Looking at these samples are all 122, so that's going to be pretty close to barrel proof on these. At least send me two of the same barrels. It's fine with me, though. It's almost a whole two-sample, two-ounce sample. Anyway, it's a very good pour. Well done, Barry. By the way, this has been mostly sober October. I have not, I didn't drink yesterday. I drank one day last weekend. So basically it's been like one day a week instead of two, three days a week. feels good though, man, to take a little break from like overindulging multiple days a week. One day a week's fine. I mean, it's good. Give your liver a little breaky break. Also had a nice nice younger MGP tonight from JJ I'll have to get up and look but that requires effort I might do a, a little quick hitter on it in a little while it's pretty nice for a five year old whiskey five year old MGP it is high rye though so that's always a positive high rye seems to cover up some of that <clears throat> youth that you get alright we'll start with there's 122.5. These are all single barrels. 12-year-old single barrel. This is number barrel number three. 122.5. So, I guess these are going to be barrels that they're going to release later as single barrel offerings. Or these are part of what they put in the blend. 
I didn't ask. He just sent me a bunch of shit. So <clears throat> since he wasn't able to come on, I'll make it up on the fly, which for anybody who's listened to this podcast before knows happens quite frequently. So I don't know why I'm talking about legs and I, I never talk about legs or thickness or oiliness. Ed's getting in my head. There's not much oiliness to this one. Not like the last. That blend was very oily. This one's kind of thin. This barrel number three. 12 year 122.5. Nose is very brown sugar again. Burnt sugar, brown sugar. Burnt sugar probably. Yeah. Palette's very nice. Not a whole lot of Kentucky hug on that one, I will say. For 122.5 proof, very, very easy finish. Smooth, for those who don't mind the word smooth, finish. Um, but the burnt sugar follows through the palate. That's the predominant flavor in that one. Very burnt sugary. Not a huge. That's not a huge. There's no huge flavors in that one. Huge. Very huge. I'm not good at impressions. <clears throat> Inheritance. I wonder where that name came from. Inheritance Whiskey. Hmm. They inherited the name William Tarr, I guess. Okay, this one, barrel number 12, 122.6 proof. A little more oily, but not much. I'm going to come to find out these are all the same barrel, watch. No. Nose has got a little tweak to it, a little more ethanol. Palette. <sighs> Not much on the finish. Mid palette. Very similar to the last one. Like I could barely tell a difference in proof and in flavor. A little more ethanol on the nose of this one, but other than that, burnt sugar. It's just like straight burnt sugar. There's no twists and turns to that. It's just like that is what it is. All right, last one. Here we go. This is barrel number 10, 122.9 proof. So, this is obviously not one of the ones I've had before because the cork is still, or the, uh, Plastic is still on it. Let's put that all in there. Screw it. It's the last one. All right. William Tarr Distillery. Now in the distillery district. 
or that's where they're building. I don't think their distillery's built yet. They're putting a lot down there in Lexington, though, that William, by the, uh, in the distillery district. I remember when it used to just be the brewery down there. Ethereal. All right. This one is a little darker. It's thin too, though, man. These are some very thin whiskeys for this proof and age. Very surprising. Uh, take that back. Take that back a lot, actually. This one's a little thicker. The light one bouncing off it right for me to see the legs on it the first time. Nice. That's a nice thickness. This one is 122.9 proof, barrel number 10, also 12 years. Nose a little more ethanol, but you get a little more brown sugary sweetness with this one too. It's not just straight burnt sugar. This one's got some more twists and turns. It's got a little bit of a brown sugary note in the middle. A little more fruity. But the finish is still lacking on that one. Like the finish was a little more there in the second one, but... Man. I was expecting to sit down and just hammer these and be like, yeah, these are awesome. They're not bad. I mean, they're very good whiskeys, but there's just not a lot to these. Oh, well. <clears throat> William Tarr, not a glowing review, but not a negative review. Very good. On the blends were actually better than the single barrels that I had. Uh, seven year. Probably bar. Or uh, pass a bar pat bar bar on the seven year bar pass on the seven year bar on the twelve year old because that I think you would really anybody would really enjoy that one especially you try it at a bar if you love it you love it you'll go out and buy a bottle then um, go check out the distillery support it it's a local brand owned by local people Coach Stoops go Stoops I was hoping to win the game today. I was hoping to do this on a happy note, but I'm not, but it's not your fault. So, um, until next time, enjoy your pours and enjoy your family.